buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Theodox. We are glad you have joined us. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Brooks, along with Gracie Calhoun. And tonight we welcome back Philip Howell. That's me. I had Third a long... charm, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> or a strikeout. Yeah, well, no, either it's... one. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. We're yet to tell. That's, That's right. Funny. Well, I've got a cool question for y'all, and it's something okay. that I'm prepared to answer as well. So what unique skill or ability would you like to have that you just don't have? I really like to sing. And sing. I sing loud and I don't sing very good. And so there's even times when Mark will tell me at church, like, you know, like you're, you're blowing me away. So like <laughs> if I could be on key and, and in tune and let it rip, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah. So do you mess up the worship leader? Like you get him off key? So I, I can get Mark off key and then Greg complains that again, my, my clapping is also bad. So he's playing the little djembe thing. So I can single-handedly sidetrack all the music at Siloff <laughs> and, and just one emotional letting it rip. So Philip <laughs> just take out the whole worship. And, and then the, the whole youth pew mocks me. So when I sing, I close my eyes and I, and I clap kind of like this fist punch thing. And occasionally my wife will punch me and all the boys in the front row will have their eyes closed, punching their hand like this, mocking their pastor. <laughs> That's so, pretty great. I kind of respect that. Yeah, I, I do too. One Sunday I did open my sermon by saying, y'all are all going to hell. So, you know, anyways, nonetheless, I'd like to be able to sing. Good question. Yeah. For um, me, it was, I would love, it was two things. I would love to be an, like a, just awesome drummer you know mm -hmm. just like being able to go at it throwing up the sticks catching them just like all Double of it bass with the yeah i would love that and then also i would love to be a really good rapper like i feel like that would be just so unseen i feel like you really want to rap right now i, I do you know are you I, i'm holding it back so i won't i won't embarrass y'all with drop it some but on i'll us? drop some shylin on y'all later but uh when i was in north green in one of my buddies did some freestyle at one time but i had a line i rhyme for the maker not for my paper the humor's dry just like communion wafers <laughs> oh, nice yeah. pretty good yeah. that's the one line yep yeah <laughs> the rest of the 90s rap were you, fist, be, were you fist i probably was doing that too yeah <laughs> So we'll keep it classy and not go to Maddie's rap. So. That's fine. Oh, boy. How about you, Joshua? It's weird that, you know, the first things y'all mentioned are a musical, and that was where my head went, too. And yeah. uh, I've kind of always wanted to play the piano. Mm -hmm. Tonight, we're going to talk about God's sovereignty. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's a daunting task. It is. And uh, go ahead and tell you, there's going to be a lot unanswered tonight. Yep. <laughs> there is, but as one of those, I, I find this to be a doctrine that the more you embrace what we what we don't know and you're okay with yeah. it, mm -hmm. and the more you can affirm like what we do know and, yeah. and really cling tight to that. Like I find in the world today, this is one of the most comforting, reassuring, liberating doctrines that you can can really get. Yeah. So I mean, let's just let's kind of start broad as we I guess we normally do, and let's mm -hmm. think about our culture. Um, and just not even thinking about biblically, if we can get our heads out of that category for a minute, but just about us as humans, uh, as humans, as beings, are we sovereign? Are we autonomous? We have some form of control. I think we try to fight to be sovereign and to be autonomous. Yeah, I thought about that same question. I thought about, I don't know if you're a fan of Dumb and Dumber, but Harry 
and uh, Lloyd when they're sitting <laughs> at the diner. And he tells him to throw the salt over his shoulder. And then the, the character Seabass comes over there and he goes, are you going to eat that burger? Are you going to eat that? And he goes, no, yes, no, yes, uh, well, I thought about it. You know, that's like, that's what I thought about when I thought, are we as human sovereigns? Like, yes, no, no, yes, no. I mean, it's, I mean, we obviously make choices. Right. We obviously have control over some things. Um, but it's wild that we also, I think, generally, just humans in general have to also acknowledge that we're not, we're not in control. Mm-hmm. Like so many things happen outside of our control. And I think, I think one of the things that, that, that the whole COVID, everything reminded us, it just reminded people how much you're not in control, right? You could have been super healthy, you could have done everything right, you still get COVID. And to some degree, it was a great example of how much we, we, we can't control and yeah. how much this little bitty, tiny, microscopic germ or whatever it was, you know, yeah. how much it controlled us. It controlled us in fear and finances and politics. And so it was a great illustration of how not in control we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting dichotomy that we we have control and we don't have control. Yeah, and um, I think it's interesting that I just wonder, and I haven't looked into worldly philosophies or anything of that nature to know like how do how does philosophy answer that question as far as how are humans in general in control but not in control? Mm-hmm. How, how does that work out? And I think you know obviously as we get into what Scripture says about this. We're going to see that biblically we have an answer to that, but I'm sure in some form philosophy now, has some sort of I'm, I'm far away from being a philosopher, but you can look at our world right now and see that we, even though we have the best medicine, the best technology, travel, the most modern conveniences, we're probably the most anxious and oh, absolutely. worried mm-hmm. and fearful generation ever. Yeah. And so I think it's because hmm. we know so much about the world around us. And it reminds us that we're not in control and what we can't do. And so if you don't have a sovereign God who's ordering the affairs of the world for his glory and your ultimate good, yeah. then what you're left with is just, I mean, basically this inability to function. I mean, a crippling anxiety would be mm-hmm. what I would have if I had no confidence in the sovereignty of God. Sure. And that being said, we as Christians can have confidence in the sovereignty of God. And, and still have anxiety over the things that we can't control. Yeah. So, I mean, it's no yeah. one size fits all, but it's certainly, it's a grounding truth for me. Yeah. And for the scriptures. And I mean, it's even like not even being able to control oneself as well. Like not just outside things like True. natural disaster and all that stuff, but even like aging, like I can't stop myself mm-hmm. from aging can't yep. stop my hair from going gray. And so it's not just like outside everybody else world or uh, tragedies and disaster. Yeah. It's even uh, in myself. Like, I just can't control it. Can't yeah. control my diet. I mean, it's all kind of my mouth. There's all kind of things that have a hard time for us to control, you know? Yeah. It's interesting how our emotions, like you were talking about, and I don't know whether anxiety falls in that category of an emotion, but uh, I was thinking of anger, how anger kind of reveals this dualism within us because mm-hmm. we have a certain set of expectations or a certain set of grasp on certain objects or material things that are ours and when somebody does something to them then i'm angry when someone doesn't meet my expectations well what just happened when they didn't meet my expectations something happened outside of my control yeah and so i feel like anger is one of those emotions that is a very vivid indicator that we live in this kind of dualism of 
I don't know if dualism is the right word, but this this Sounds state really of smart, though. well, it's a state of dualism. like I have, or maybe it's beyond I have. I think you said this earlier, but I'm fighting for control, and I mm-hmm. think that's a lot of yeah, it. I mean, anger reveals our ultimate desire for personal sovereignty, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my plans that are made out, and your actions impeded my plans. They impeded mm-hmm. my joy, and the only thing I'm left with is is frustration, yeah. and that manifests itself in anger because your actions against me or what you said hurt me. And so it, it exposes my lack of sovereignty. And so then I, I fight and I claw. Yeah. Let's, let's start with maybe a definition. Maybe it's a working definition, but what does it mean that God is sovereign? I mean, what, what I like, and I, I, I use a similar phrase a good bit. I believe that God works all things according to the counsel of his holy will for his glory and our good. Yeah, I think we see in scripture that God being sovereign essentially means that he has all the power, wisdom, authority, and right to do whatever he wants to do. And that can be whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, with whomever he wants to do it to. However. However he wants to do it. Like, we can keep on adding those. Um the nothing happens in the universe without his permission. Shylin put it pretty, pretty, pretty legit. Let I me think, just go I ahead. A second only to Piper. We quote Shylin. Yeah, Shylin definitely. <laughs> but you wrap it or not? I'm not gonna wrap it. Keep dancing around you know. things and dropping hints, but you haven't <laughs> dropped a bar or a rhyme yet. So either put up or shut up. Okay, let's make it happen, Captain. All right. All right, all right. This is his song Supreme, which I highly recommend. But. It's his purposes are permanent and perfectly proportionate. Everything that orbits around his glory is subordinate. You nailed that. You could have made it so much better. I know, you, I know. You could have like thrown a hand, like something. Yeah. Okay. You know, whatever. I'm going to keep the hands down. <laughs> Open your mouth and hands down. So, so say it again though so I can listen. His purposes are permanent and perfectly proportionate. Everything that orbits around his glory is subordinate. Yeah. So, I mean, the word sovereign as you're saying, is what we understand as a king is called a sovereign. He mm-hmm. rules the land, and that's minuscule in comparison. Yeah. He is still under God, and that's what every orbit mm-hmm. is subordinate. I, guess, yeah. I don't know if I said that right. But, Everything that orbits. Yeah. So even, yeah, I mean, but yeah, he owns it all. He rules it all. Yep. He has the right, the power, the authority to say and do, yeah. God's sovereignty is defined, shaped, maybe even constrained by all the attributes yes. and the ways in which he has revealed us. A few of those things in scripture going along with that is, for example, Psalm 115 is our God is in the heavens. He does yeah. all that he pleases. Yeah. I probably quoted the Shaolin version of that rather than that. actual Psalm That makes me think of his other song. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what are some of those passages just so we're not just making this up ourselves like let's just run through like some of those real quick some of those quotes some of those verses you know the weather reminds us we're not sovereign right you can make plans and then hey it rains and and job 37 Mm -hmm. verse 6 says he directs the snow to fall on the earth and tells the rain to pour that everyone stops working so they could watch his power every time it rains we're not sovereign we can't control it yeah and he is and that's saying that he is yes actually yeah. yeah he's doing it yeah um, Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, mm-hmm. declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, thing not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. Yeah. 
It's just like, well, my beginning, job. God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, the heavens Ephesians one eleven. Like there are yeah. so many of them. Daniel two, Job twelve, Isaiah fourteen. Like you can go through so many of yeah. them. I was researching this more today, and I was just like, the whole Bible is God's sovereignty. Yeah. Like even over the animals, you know, and uh, Matthew, Jesus says, not not e- Basically, he's just talking about oh, how man, God takes care of the sparrows. I've already prepared yeah. that, man. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm you're, sure we did. We're all talking about the same yeah. subject. So, But there's an interesting question I have prepared for that. See, I, I, I try to make sure we got some you know, good stuff here. There you go. Do you know how many birds die each day? Three. Three die. 13,700,000 <laughs> birds. Five billion birds die each year. Wow, right? you're dumb. Crazy. Yeah. Also, how many hairs are on your head? Yeah, of course. Any I have idea? no idea. Yeah. How about 100,000? You know how many you, lo- you lose each day? I um, lose a lot. I know yeah, that. girls probably more. It's about a hundred a day, right? So, mm-hmm. so in light of that, as you were referencing Matthew ten twenty nine, what is the price of two sparrows? One yeah. copper coin. Not a single sparrow, right, of the five billion that die, can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And all the hairs on your head are, are numbered. So his sovereignty exists to you know, cheap, worthless birds and stray woolly bully beard hairs. Yeah. The sovereignty exists over all those things. Every minuscule thing. Yes. Yeah. And even some of the highest things yes. as well, as yep. far as um, God removes, he installs, and he governs the deeds of rulers, yep. of yep. other people who would be called a sovereign. He instituted them and put them there. I mean, we see in Daniel 2, 20 through 21, wisdom and might belong to me. I change times and seasons. I remove kings and I set up kings. So he is overall big and small, the entire universe and everything beyond. Yeah. Yeah, Even think of Acts 17 when, you know, Paul says, um, you have this, you have the shrine set up to the unknown God, but there is a God who has established times and seasons mm-hmm. and eras and people and the, the, the times and places that they will live. You know, uh, just just such a statement of he has orchestrated all that. He is over all that. He rules yeah. all that. I mean, for us to even discuss this, like, is discussing his lordship, right? Mm-hmm. It's discussing the godness of God, basically. It's discussing... Um, the qualities that make him to be God. And it's, it's so interesting because he, all, like you mentioned earlier, Philip, all of his attributes attest to this, like his omniscience, mm-hmm. his omnipresence, and um, they all attest to his sovereignty. If he lacked any one of them, right? then he could not be sovereign. Right, right. he couldn't rule. Yeah. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have the authority. He wouldn't have the right. All the ability yeah. to know, see, yeah. understand, yeah. power to do. They all... Yeah meet its fullest expression in the confidence we can have in, in the sovereignty of God. Mm. As Gracie said, it's really like the, the back drum beat of every page of scripture mm-hmm. it falls back on. Sure. And thinking about what we talked about earlier, as far as us as humans having some control and decision-making yeah. and our decisions matter. It's, it's interesting that one of the primary things that it means to be created in God's image, which humans are, is that we do have that ability. Like he has given us even the, um, the cultural mandate there in Genesis to have dominion over the earth. He's telling us to take mm-hmm. control, to harness, um, to use what we learn and what we know about our surroundings and our universe. And um, so, yeah, there is an element where we are that sub-sovereign. <laughs> 
I don't like that. No, I don't, I know like, don't that. like that. That's why I had to say it's it. called dominion. <laughs> God does want to see us use our dominion. He wants yeah. to see us use our abilities, our capacities. And I would say seeing us do that brings him really great joy. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's part of image bearing. Yes. And that's, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, exactly. And we should feel the responsibility because the one thing, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, the one thing that sovereignty does not mean is that we are, are, are left to be, um, you know, kind of cold, callous, indifferent right. people. My, right. my friend was a soldier, and he said that whenever they would train and, and work with Muslims, they have an expression, I may, I may mess it up, in Salah, something to the effect that it means if the Lord wills. Mm-hmm. And so that oftentimes they would have something planned, and they would have a mission to do, and some guy would just say, in Salah. And it was this kind of apathetic, if God wants to do it, God will do it, and we can do nothing and sit back with it. And so as Christians, we believe that God's going to carry out his will, but just like you said with the cultural mandate, he's going to mm-hmm. do so through his creatures to carry that out. Right. And thinking about this contrast of God's sovereignty versus our dominion, or <laughs> I'm not even going to say what you want to call it. I don't agree with it. But um, it, it's really like we mentioned earlier, how humans, our nature is to compete for sovereignty, right? Yeah, and we want to take control. We want to take control. Yeah. Um, but there's always someone else out there who has more, right? They have more power, more authority, more possessions, more abilities. And so, but someone that who has true sovereignty isn't competing with anyone, right? And so that's what God is. God's sovereignty is completely other than, completely different than us. He has utter control, authority, and right over all things, Whereas we only have the control and the dominion that he has allotted to us. And so it's so interesting because we've been sovereignly decreed to have dominion and control and authority over some things, right? Therefore, we aren't and can't be sovereign because we've been gifted this. So like to be sovereign is to not have to receive it, right? It It just is. It's in your being. And... Not to just argue with you, but it's kind of fun. So <laughs> we aren't sovereign. I would say we are dominion and have some control over things. <laughs> well, I mean, by, by the essence of saying God is sovereign, there can only be one. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right? the implication. I mean, yeah. I mean, even like rulers on earth that would be called a sovereign, like we have read, and there are plenty of other verses in scripture of like the only reason they have authority is because God has given it to them. Yeah. I, I think I would like for us before we move into kind of the personal um, result side of this or effect, how it affects us, I just want to point out, I know there are plenty of other rabbit trails, there are plenty mm-hmm. of other <laughs> implications that this truth um, opens up. But I just want us to acknowledge that God is absolutely sovereign over all things. Mm-hmm. And uh, how that necessarily works out and plays out in a variety of situations. I think there are varying understandings of that. Um, but I don't, I don't think, and maybe there's a disagreement here, but I don't think anybody within Orthodox Christianity would say God's not completely sovereign. I mean, there was an effort years back, you know, open theism, the, the whole notion, I guess you're getting into what you'd call heterodoxy, the idea that, you know, God's really good and God's really powerful and God's rooting yeah. for you and cheering for you and God hopes to see a really good outcome. But between here and there, God's just like, 
good luck, you know. I yeah, mean, I mean, so I know there's a notion, too, that, like, you know. But, yeah, that, earth, that's not, and, that's not yeah. orthodox theology. Right. I know there's a notion, too, that God created everything, set it in motion, spun the top, so yeah. to speak, and I was, like, just sitting back letting it go. And that and, was the deism view. Yes, exactly. And I, I guess I'm just wanting us to acknowledge that that's not. No sovereignty right so with his sovereignty there's nothing that happens that's outside of his authority that was outside of his understanding or knowledge I mean we're talking about omniscience mm-hmm. um, and, and um, 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 yeah, omnipotence is the word I'm trying to think um, of um, I just um, keep um, going with arms 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 and we'll eventually get there um, <laughs> you know he has board. all power all knowledge mm-hmm. all wisdom and therefore uh, is able to be sovereign mm-hmm. and not able but he is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, he, he can carry out his sovereignty in accordance to his revealed yeah. word and will in Scripture. Yeah. Right? So the, the hope and the aim is that we would think more mm-hmm. about how significant God is. I mean, like, it's crazy, like, because nothing can thwart him, you know? Right. Nothing can change his plans. Nothing that I think, say, do, or whatever, want, like, can change no major event that happens is changing his plan. And we see in Job 42 too, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Like right. he is who he is. He's doing what he's doing. And there ain't no change in that. It, but when we, when we see that truth played out, like in real time, right? Mm-hmm. So you go back to the story of, of, of Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clearly Joseph was kind of a, a, a smug favorite son of his dad and he has these visions that God gave him and he seems to be kind of cocky about it. He draws the anger of his father and his brothers and they choose to do evil. They want to kill him. They want to sell him into slavery. And so there's all these choices being made and they all have real repercussions, right? I mean, he chooses not to sleep with Potiphar's wife, which means that he is thrown in prison. And so all these real human choices are being Mm -hmm. made both good and bad. Mm-hmm. And the end result of all those things is, yeah. you know, Genesis 50, 20, when Joseph speaks to his brothers and he says, you know, what, what you meant for evil, like you guys meant harm. You meant yeah. to ruin me. You wanted to get rid of me so you could, you know, be daddy's favorite and get the farm. God meant for good. Yeah. And so I think that the confidence that we can have in the end result allows us to endure the uh, hardships of the middle. Right. Because Joseph had a lot of hardships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is I remember hearing someone years ago saying that God's not just sovereign over the end. He's sovereign over the means. Yes. And what's really it just dawned on me when you said that about Joseph being just kind of cocky and telling the stories about his dreams is that in God's sovereignty. Yeah. He had that attitude. Yeah. Like he's, you know, there was, mm-hmm. the, and I'm not, I'm not blaming Joseph yeah, yeah, yeah. for what his brothers did, but there's an element that mm-hmm. he kind of agged that on. Like he's this punk little brother that's doing these things. That's really ticking us off. And anyway, all of that factored mm-hmm. in. And, and so uh, I do think like, it's good for us also to remember that God is sovereign over the means because we never know what's the end. Like we would, we would mm-hmm. put some marker on some conclusion of something to say, well, this is the end. Well, that happens with the story of Joseph, too. People go like, hey, look, he became the second in command. This is the end. Uh, right. No, they went into slavery for 400 years. You know, like <laughs> it wasn't the end. And so We're it's really just the always end. the means. And the end is the end, according to God's plan. And, and without him being sovereign, we could have no confidence in the end. Yeah. Right. Like whatever right. you guys do, doctrine of eschatology, 
a bunch of different views. Yeah. But every view winds up with there's a, a stopping point That's in right. this world as we know mm-hmm. it, and a new world begins. And because God is sovereign, we can rest assured of that. And we'll keep going until we get to the end, and he's the director that yells cut and yeah. you know, does the hand clap or whatever <laughs> it is you do and, and goes forward, right? Yep. Absolutely. So how does it affect us? Oh, man. So it's I mean, this, this ways, is probably man. where we need to spend the meat of this because God is sovereign. He's the absolute ruler, authority, power of it all. Mm-hmm. And so how does that affect our hearts? How does it affect our everyday lives? And how does that lead us to worship? Let's maybe go in that order. So, I mean, day-to-day life, right? I mean, we ought to be a people that are marked by a, a profound trust which manifests itself in us having a peace that is not contingent upon the headlines of the news the balance of our 401k or anything else right i mean you know you can't mention god's sovereignty or providence without going to hmm. you know romans 8:28, right that god causes everything to work together for those who love god and are called according to his purpose so our role in the unfolding of this divine drama is that we are called for a reason and a purpose, mm-hmm. and we can trust in our lives, God will work all things for good. Like I see that he has ordained my salvation, right? And that he gives immense security. And that, that just gives like an incredible security and sure. assurance because he's the one who will bring it to completion, right? So it's it's not up to me to will it enough to make it happen. It's up to my God, who is my father and who is completely sovereign and capable capable has all power and authority to bring it to completion like what a piece for future glory um i'll probably go a little different direction i think firstly god's sovereignty offends us yeah i would agree um, i think when i say offends us i think it offends in our humanity mm-hmm. it offends because we want so badly to be our own boss that when we hear and that's just part of why the gospel is offensive is because when we hear that there is as Paul said in Acts 17, there is this God who has determined all these things, mm-hmm. you know, and you see that response from some of those people. It said some were mad at him and went away angry. Some were interested and wanted to come back the next day and mm-hmm. some believed. And so, yeah, I, I think a lot of times, you know, hearing about God, this being that, you know, is all powerful, has all authority. It's like, man, I hate that. And um, I think it also scares us. I know yeah. it did me. Um, it still scares me sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that's an interesting point in that what does Scripture say is the beginning of wisdom or the beginning of fear of the Lord? Fear of the Lord, And so yeah. there is a level of being afraid of these things. Like this, mm-hmm. is a, this is a being that we failed to put into words a description. And so, yeah, man, a level of fear is mm-hmm. like, okay, that's, that's the beginning of, of wisdom um, to be afraid of God knowing some inkling of his, who he is and his mm-hmm. power. Yeah. I mean, knowing that he's going to accomplish everything that he says, right? That gives us an assurance of his word and that gives us a confidence in it. And it gives us um, a confidence in his will and to even be able to like want to read it more, to know what are his promises? What does he say that's going to happen? You know, what does his word say? Because we have such an assurance of knowing that, Hey, what he says goes, all right, what does he say? You know, (laughs) I think it gives you a newfound desire to, to read more into that. Yeah. It it gives me a a great confidence as I, um, 
as I, as I pray and as I see God yep. leading, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, so, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, quote that all the time. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Every part of us says, I can figure this out. I can yeah. understand mm-hmm. this. And he says what? Seek his will in all that you do. And he will show you which path to take. So we can trust that God will show us the path to take. And I think we can also trust that, and again, you know, you kind of get to split hairs, but even the times when I don't choose to take his path and I go my own way and I make my mm-hmm. own choices, that God in his um, sovereignty can can use my sins and selfish choices for good ends in the the end. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think also with prayer is just the, man, the the overwhelming thought that if God is not sovereign, what's the point in praying? Right. If there's not a being out there that has all authority, power, right, and ability, then who am I even, am I just chalking up wishes to the universe? Um, you know, the, and I went through a phase where it was kind of growing in some understanding of God's sovereignty and literally even said to people sometimes, well, if God's sovereign, so why bother praying? And now you, you came from a, a background right, much more charismatic background, where prayers were answered by the sincerity, the fervency, the the volume, that there was some, like, we could just keep, like, I think about the chart, you know, the giving goal. If we could just keep praying and (laughs) hit this goal, then God will have to do this thing. And so then the impetus for your answered prayers is your faith, and then the result of your unanswered prayer is your lack of of faith. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean... Boy, that's that, that's a really rough way to pray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so it, yeah, for me, it was a number and coming full circle of going, I think about Hezekiah, you know, here, Isaiah, was that right? Isaiah, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Isaiah came in and prophesied to Hezekiah that basically he's going to die, what, in 15 days? Or, yeah. And um, so Hezekiah has, and it's a Puritan, I can't remember his name, but he's got a series of sermons. It's a great little book on suffering. If you, uh, maybe I'll put that in the notes or something, but, um, but he, the, the point being is that Hezekiah is faced with, I was basically just told by God that he's going to kill me. Yeah. So what does he do? Who does he turn to? He turns to God. Mm-hmm. Like he's told by the biggest, greatest being possible that he's going to kill him. And yet he turns to the only one who can do anything about it, which mm-hmm. is God. And I think that's what I mean by, you know, us in our prayers is if, if we don't have a view, have you like we can tell people you need to pray more. Or we can tell people like I have in my notes, this makes me hum- more humble. Yeah. And we can tell people as scripture says, humble yourself. God will lift up the humble and you should humble yourself. Well, telling someone to humble themselves doesn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> telling someone just to pray a little more doesn't do a whole lot. Telling people they should just glorify God doesn't do a whole lot or yeah. worship more doesn't do a whole lot. But what does do something is when we learn the things about God and our hearts are affected. Like if I'm affected more by the fact that God is the one who can do something, then the more I want to go to him and plead my case, Mm -hmm. the more I'm aware that my humbleness is coming from me understanding how big he is and how stupid and small I am. And so it's, it's like what, I don't know. It's like telling your kid, you know, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. (laughs) And that's not going to fix anything, you know. But when you tell your kid, look, I got this. We're here. We're going to take care of business. You you know, Mm -hmm. then you're giving them the reassurance that does away with the fear. And that's what God's attributes do. They lead us in those ways to where we might sit here and say, come on, y'all, let's worship. And that's not really stirring up anything. You know, but it's like, let's talk about what God is like. 
mm. you know, and then, and then it just does that. And like speaking of the end, it gives us a confidence in end times as well, yeah. right? I mean, not that we know exactly how that's going to happen, but we know that his mission, his global mission will be accomplished. His gospel will spread mm -hmm. and we can have a confidence in knowing that that will happen. And yes, some of us might be called to it specifically, but we're all to be like as believers, image bearers and, um, and to display that more fully. And Christians so need that. You know, in Ephesians 1.11, he works all things according to the counsel of his will. Right. Yeah. That so much of the end times, uh, fear, chaos, uh, worry, anxiety, is this, this, and the, the, you know, so much of that is driven mm -hmm. from a lack of confidence in God taking care of this. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. He's given us what he wants us to have which is not everything that we might want to know, mm -hmm. but I, I just got, I, I trust him there. Like yeah. he's done a good job yeah. up to now and, and he's going to work it out. You know right. I mean? So that helps me to be able to study, you know, eschatology and, and want to see what God is doing, but not be obsessed and enamored over the minutia of it. Cause I mean, he's got that. I ain't got to worry about yeah. it. You know? Yep. I mean, even improving our relationships with others as well, yes, God's yes. sovereignty does, because we are no longer fighting for fighting each other for that control and that sovereignty. As believers now, we recognize that God is ultimately in control and ultimately sovereign, having all authority. And so rather than us trying to dig our heels in and fight one another, we're in, in a sorts relenting some of that. Yes, we still have some control and like dominion in a healthy way. Um, so sovereign. No, Dominion. <laughs> We're going to fight about this until we die. Um, but but interesting, yeah, you mentioned that. Maybe think about Abraham and Lot, right? They're, they get back from Egypt yeah. and go, dumb decision, go to Egypt, mm -hmm. pimp your, your wife as your sister. You know, you, you, you leave. That is pretty dumb. Kudos, the first time the word pimp has been used in our podcast. <laughs> it's the hip-hop so. vibe that Gracie's putting down that I'm picking up. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, they come back, they have all this stuff because yeah. Pharaoh kind of buys them out. They, the land can't support all the, the wealth that Abraham and Lot have. Their herdsmen get to arguing yeah. about what they're going to do. And what does Abraham say? Abraham says to Lot, like, oh, yeah. hey, you choose this, I'll take that. You take that, I'll take, I'll take this. And so he has this sort of passive resignation that God will bring about the best for his life. Now, sadly, we know that Lot chose to move near Sodom and get closer and closer and closer to that and God even uses that for I guess good ends in the, the, the end but Abraham was passive and not arguing because God will work this out right yeah I think it's a, a heavy awareness that we're subjects yeah you know and so yeah mm -hmm. it's not like I don't have a kingdom to fight for yeah hmm. you know I mean if uh, if I'm the more I'm aware of God's sovereignty especially with unbelievers mm -hmm. you know I mean I don't want to overstate that as if it's more important than with our brothers and sisters in Christ. But I think there's an unawareness with unbelievers that they may not carry this understanding. Mm -hmm. So I could probably um, have more, I could probably rel rel relent more, you know, allow yeah. more because I'm going, okay, look, I know I'm a subject. This person is not necessarily have this understanding. I have that patience mm -hmm. and, and give these things up. He tells us to do yeah. to what? To, to pray for our, our enemies and pray for those who persecute us in, in Matthew you know, 5. And then here in Proverbs, it says that he'll he'll make that that peace. And so there is a uh, sense in which I ain't got to fight. Right. I can pray. I can I can trust. And then the Lord will work out bringing peace in that relationship. Or vengeance is mine. Yes. Both, yeah. the, both yeah. of those are That's very right. true. Both. Yes. Yeah. And, and both are needed. Right. 
It ain't mine. The yeah. Lord will bring it about. Yeah. I can forgive. Yeah. It also gives us a great hope for non-believers and for our loved ones who haven't come to faith yet, yep. knowing that God's sovereign will isn't over. You know, it hasn't all come to completion yet. Obviously, we're all still here talking about it. Um, and God is a God who saves, right? And these people, my some of my loved ones, they aren't too far in sin for God to reach them. You know, like his sovereignty, his authority and power over that is so more pervasive than the depths of their sin. I think that, that coupled with prayer is very important because... If, if our loved ones aren't with Christ, then who are we praying to for them to come to Christ? Mm -hmm. You know, um, so knowing that God is sovereign over all things drives me yeah. to him to pray for their mm -hmm. salvation. Go, again, going to the only one who can actually do anything right. about it. Um, but. And, and, and Paul Tripp uses two circles to describe kind of what, what we were saying. He has a, a sphere of responsibility mm -hmm. and, and a sphere of sovereignty. So it is responsible to to pray for your lost family and friends. It is responsible to share the hope you have in Christ with them. It is responsible that you you know seek to live a blameless life before uh -huh. them. Those are all things that you should be doing. But the spirit of sovereignty says the opening of their heart, their eyes to the beauty of the gospel, that's in God's side. And yeah. so, so much of life, mm -hmm. if we forget the, the sphere of sovereignty and place what is sovereign on, on our side, then we're going to be, you know, anxious and worried and fearful. And if we assume what is sovereign in our own lives, we can't handle that and bear that. And so making sure that we look at, as Gracie mentioned earlier, we know what the word says, we know what's expected of us, like what in life should we be actively seeking to do? Yeah. And, and, and what can't we do and trust God to take care of that? Yeah. yeah. It kind of rightly orders your actions and emotions without assuming things that aren't your task. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're commanded to go and, and have dominion. Mm -hmm. And yet we do that all the while knowing that ultimately I don't mm -hmm. cause the rain yes. to fall. And um, so I'll throw one last one out, I guess, as far as um, how it affects everyday lives. I think it affects uh, us in the way of forgiveness. Hmm. Um, I also thought about the story of Joseph. You know, how was he able to forgive? Yeah. I mean, he makes it very clear. Mm -hmm. Like he did not... He did not um, just cast off their actions as if it didn't matter. Yeah. He clearly said, you did evil. Um, but he's able to forgive because he knows that none of what they did was outside of God's right. sovereign rule. And um, so I think for us, with our interactions with people, with those mm -hmm. relationships that you're talking about, you know, to say, hey, I can, I can forgive because I know ultimately the offense that was done to me wasn't just done willy-nilly. Yeah. Now that might cause other issues and we can get down a whole different rabbit trail. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's another conversation for I mean, day. nothing in life, even though a lot of life seems so random and whimsical and just chaotic, right? None of it to God is. Right. And that's just so reassuring. Like all of the tragedies, all of the like just crazy political stuff. It, I mean, Everything in life has been predetermined in God's providence because of his sovereignty. So in all of life's ups and downs, like we have such rest and peace, like Philip, you were talking about earlier. Like it's, it's just mind blowing 
the amount of peace that you can have as a believer going through some of the hardest things that you've ever gone through. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. And it's a peace that only comes from God. Yeah. And that's Philippians 4, 4, right? Be mm -hmm. anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, sure. let your request be made known to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding right. will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? I, I love to think about the, the John Piper quote that says, God's always doing yeah. 10,000 things around you, yeah. mm -hmm. but you're only aware of like two or three, yeah. right? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, all I got to do is, is nail, like, love God, love my neighbor, you know, take care of everything in my sphere of responsibility and the other things that he's doing, I don't have to worry about, yeah. you know? I can trust him with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gosh, it's, it's liberating, yeah. you know? I think we probably have kind of alluded to a lot of this, but let's just be a little maybe specific. How does thinking about God's sovereignty uh, lead our hearts to worship him. It just lets me relax. Psalm 32, verse 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So the mm. fact that I'm going to leave here tonight and go to Walmart and buy some coffee creamer because we're out and just knowing that God's watching over me mm -hmm. and, and he's going to work these affairs in my life for my personal good and for his glory. That yeah. just lets me relax and, and, and not to be in control. Right? He's got this. Yeah. There, are, there are some times, and sometimes I'm more aware of this than, than other times, but I have like this really small, silly little stupid decision that I have to make in my day. You know, am I going to have a cheese stick for a yes. snack or am I going to have, you know, this for some blueberries for a snack? Like, <laughs> no, maybe I should though. You know, I'm bad at making decisions, but, and then like, like I said, sometimes I'm more aware of this than others, but then I'll go like for the cheese stick, let's say. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, God predetermined that. And it just like blows my mind. And I'm just like, this was a, a very small little decision and the sovereignty there that had like his, his ordaining of that. I, I would also say, um, like it stirs me to obedience, right? And because he has all authority and power, like he he demands this, right? And commands this. And so it stirs my heart to be obedient and it stirs, um, which is exactly what he calls us to, not that I do that perfectly whatsoever, um, but it stirs me to 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 drive in and to push in towards that obedience and and um, know that his, his authority transcends every area of my life. I want to recognize two things about what you just said, or I mean, one thing, but about the two things. Um, so when I ask, what, how does it lead us to worship? I think our tendency is to think about like singing songs. Right. But for you to sit there and think about the cheese snacks or the peanuts or whatever your options were I don't like nuts. and to from the result of that to go like you thought of god yeah like that is worship first like, Corinthians yeah. 10 31 whatever you eat yeah drink whatever you do do all to the glory of god for for uh what was the other example uh, like, obedience yeah obedience o obeying what god says is yeah. a life of worship i mean so I, I don't want us to just to put worship in a category of like how does this lead me to singing songs mm -hmm. to god which I'm not diminishing that at all. I'm just saying... If I was sovereign, I would give myself the right to sing beautifully and I could do a better job of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just having those thoughts. Yeah. Man, that... And, and the desire to obey, that is worship. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think a lot of times, even just having the confidence, you know, 
um, hopefully not as flippantly as the Muslims you were talking about, but I know there are common comments in our house. You know, when something didn't work out exactly the way we wanted it to, you know, something, there was a hiccup here or, you know, I was late getting somewhere, not that we're, we're not making it okay to be late. It's just to say, like, there are times to go, like, God was sovereign over that. Yeah. And I can rest yeah. in that. And, you know, I have a business that I run and I have deadlines and I have things that have to be done. So we're not just walking around chalking everything, all of our mistakes up to God's sovereignty. We still have responsibility and yes, that's a different conversation. But we worship God with our lives. We worship God with our thoughts. We worship God with our obedience. Mm-hmm. And so any of those things, um, and of course for me to go, I guess, right to the singing part, I mean, man, there's there are very few things that move my heart to really sing and pour out to God, like singing about you know, what he's like. And even like just since doing this podcast, like, and me studying certain things that I wouldn't necessarily be studying specifically without having to come and talk about it. Then on Sunday morning, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I just was studying about his holiness and now we're singing about his holiness. Like, man, does that not that deeper knowledge ground you in so much more depth to just acknowledge and and know like what you're singing, you know, like it, it not just words that are coming out of your mouth. Like this is something that you're thinking about and that you're remembering, Oh yeah, I just read this about his holiness, or I just learned this about his sovereignty. Like those songs aren't just words. Like they are so much more depth of thought. I mean, like we've talked about with the, with the confidence that is a form of worship because you are confident in God, confidence in God. You know, you're not confident in yourself. Um, you are confident in him and even that peace and that rest that we have, that is a peace in God's working. That's a peace in, in his authority and power and rule, not in ours. And so that is worship. That is not saying like we have mentioned that the only times we worship are when we sing, obviously not like when we, it's a heart posture and when we have that peace and we have that confidence and, and we see God in the cheese stick like that, that is worship, you know? <laughs> Sorry. And just as God, just, just as my, I saw Jesus on a piece of toast. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, I spent some money on eBay. Not physically. <laughs> so God in the cheese. No, I mean, my, I am as a father, I am so happy that my boys trust me. Yeah. Most of the time. Right. I mean, they, they, they don't worry about where their food's coming from. <laughs> they don't worry about their home security. They don't worry about, yeah. I mean, they just, they just trust their dad. And so that doesn't mean that I need them to tell me every day, dad, you're great. Dad, you're wonderful. Dad, you're awesome. But the fact that they can just live their life with a joyful confidence that their dad loves them and it's going to take care of them and provide for them. They can be free to pursue um, other, th- other, other things without having to like be worried. Cause man, my dad's got my back. And mm-hmm. so, I think at the same time, while we want to pray about our cheese sticks and blueberries, you know, we can we can, we can trust that, that God's going to take care of this. Yeah. yeah, we just came back from vacation, so I was reminded of one of the very few times that my kids don't trust me, which is when we're in the ocean and oh, I go underwater. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, never. I still They're literally don't, jumping like, into one another's arms. <laughs> yeah, I hide behind mom. Like, she's a safeguard. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I think we'll wrap this puppy up. Uh, it is sovereignly time to end this (laughs) (laughs) now that it's happening (laughs) well thank you all for watching or listening um we hope this is at least maybe just kind of 
put a can opener on the can of God's sovereignty and said, Psh, here's a little <laughs> bit. And maybe you need to go like dig into this a lot yeah, more. Yeah, go dig um, into it. So because open a can, yeah, of sovereignty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about it that way, but that's go great. <laughs> um, but uh, this is certainly um, something that man, there are so many implications yep. and side trails, and um, we just want to kind of do justice to the fact that we are not in control. God mm-hmm. is. Therefore, we trust Him. We lean on him. We worship him. We submit to him. And um, so with that, we'll sign off. Y'all have a great time, evening, day, night, whatever. Adios. Peace out. Peace out. And then some good songs on his song.